All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. I almost forgot my name for a second. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait a minute, what's my name? So yeah, you can do it. You can do it. It could be my stage name. Yeah. Maybe that is my stage name. Ooh. I don't know what stage I'm on. <laughs> All the world is a stage, <laughs> and right. we're merely players. That's right. Just players. We Yes, players. Hmm. So, yeah. well, welcome. We're glad that you stopped here, and we are doing a new series or that's newish now, and we're trying to go through the Torah portions. Yep, talking Torah with talking Matt and Jake Torah. on Sabbath Lounge with uh, the loungers. And we're kind of going through them briefly and just hitting the highlights, and uh, you know, hopefully we give you some things to think about and go back and check these things out. But this text is week seven, and it's Genesis 28, 10, 32 through 2. Through 32 2. Yes, through 32 2. There. Nailed yeah. it. Nailed it. Boom, nailed it. <laughs> Blind high five. Yes. All right, so what's the name of it, Jake? Vayetz. Vayetz. And what does that mean, Matt? Um, and he went out. That's right. I can do the English <laughs> fairly well. So we're going to take a look at it. Okay. And we found this image uh, when, you know, this is a very common thing you're going to find about it's Jacob's ladder and the stairway to heaven, climbing yep. the stairway to heaven. Yep. Or buying. It might be expensive, but... Yes, might be really expensive. Yeah. So we do not advocate buying the stairway to heaven because no. I don't know what that means. Is that like I a Catholic thing, maybe? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, or... Um, yes, we'll, we'll stop there. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so it does make me think of this uh, scripture in John. In John, um, oops, keep doing that. In John 1, 43 through 51, uh, we find that Yeshua is that bridge or ladder. Would you read that? Yes. Yeshua answered him, you believe all this just because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he said to him, yes, indeed, I tell you that you will see heaven open and the angels of Elohim going up and down on the Son of Man. On who? The Son of Man. That's right. Which would be? uh yeshua the second adam so and the ladder yes it's all see all the pieces coming again mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. like it fits yeah yeah so it is kind of interesting and there's another study here is the fig tree that's something kind of interesting so yeah. there, there are definitely these trees the olive tree the fig tree and the almond tree and they all have some kind of a meaning and so that's worthy of studying that out as well yeah so just that alone is a study. Mm -hmm. And then, we're, clearly, we're not going to skip the fact that he's laying on a rock. Yes. I mean, yes. who sleeps on a rock? Jake, have you ever been camping? Yes. Yes. So, in your camping trips, have you ever slept on a rock? Yes. It is not comfortable. So, do you wake up in the morning and realize tingly. that you slept on a rock? Yes, I wake up tingly. And I always thought that this is kind of, you know, one of the things that runs through your mind is, of course, he's seeing crazy things he's sleeping on a rock cutting off the blood flow to his brain probably <laughs> mm -hmm. and i don't ever wake up tingly uh, i'm not sure tingly. well like you lose the circulation in your uh, leg or whatever or if it's in your back it's like ah, uh, yeah. i'm paralyzed yeah you know, it is like the thing. princess and the pea but for me it's for is. real yeah 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 different than a pea in a mattress it's yeah. like a rock yeah i don't pee the mattress no that's... i don't pee the mattress <laughs> no that's gross so, 
but with the whole rock thing, it, it, it is very bizarre. It's like no one ever looks at a rock and goes, oh, man, that would be great to sleep on tonight. That I call that rock right there. Okay, yeah. you got it. <laughs> it's all yours. Nobody's going to argue. Right. They're, they'll let you have it. So well, Having hey, to just sleep it on your sweatshirt. Just roll your sweatshirt yeah, up, that works. sleep on that. So next time you're camping, you know, call the rock. No one else will ask No one else will it. fight you for it. Mm -mm. They'll let you have it. All right. So moving on. So you have this. Whoa, that was kind of fast. There. Um, so you so you have this kind of version of a Tower of Babel almost, but it's it's a it's the good good Tower of Babel. In the other Tower of Babel story, you've got mankind trying to storm the castle and destroy God, and destroy Yah. And uh, this is not that at all. This to me is his desire to communicate with you and I, but get on our level. Yeah, so this is the actual version where the Tower of Babel is a counterfeit of of the way Yahweh would do it. The yeah, the the uh, earlier version that we read about is a counterfeit, right? Yeah. And so, I think it's funny that uh, they so they build this supposed giant tower, right? So depending on the uh, the account that you look at, you know, it's huge. Uh, whereas this, it's just a ladder. I mean, big enough for someone to go up and someone to come down. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. He's like, you don't got to go. You're over, way over thinking this. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't there a scene in the movie The Incredibles where one of them, or it's like a common thing in, in Stretch. Did you, ever, you probably didn't have a Stretch. Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. yeah. But there's a kind of that superhero concept of there's always a scene where the superhero stretches out and the train goes over them. That's Superman, isn't it? Uh, or, I don't know that Superman's stretchy. Yeah. <laughs> or he's the man of steel. Yeah. Not that we advocate superheroes, but but these are things you probably have seen, and it's just, it's almost the same kind of concept where, the, you know, that's kind of the concept that I've seen an image drawn where some superhuman her hero person is like, being the bridge between something and yeah. you like see their face in it, but they look like a train track or something. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's kind of the way I picture this in a way. And because all that's a ripoff of the real things. Right. So, and, and Interesting anyway, point, Matt. Yes, interesting, <laughs> for sure. So then we have these names of the, these, uh, these guys here, and we see bridal talk here. Right, because in this portion, this is when the tribes come about. So, uh, and just go straight to you explain this pretty well. Okay. So we're looking at this, like the Hebrew wedding model and most things can be, uh, looked at in that, that way. Uh, same here. If you take the names and their meaning, you see Reuben. So I see this as the, the husband coming to collect his bride. Uh, and it comes with some fanfare. And so you'll see this parade of people coming and hear all the shouting and hooping and hollering. And uh, then the wife will come out and join the husband on the street and they'll head back to, to do the marriage ceremony and all that. And there will be praise for this event happening and the wages will pass to the father of the bride and they will dwell together and the husband and the bride will become one. Yep. So, so you see all of that in those names. Yeah. And, just, I, and, we, and we got this from looking at the Hebrew and Strong's. Right. And going to Blue Letter Bible and just looking up these names. And what they mean. 
Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can do a similar thing, I think, with uh, the gospel account if you put the, all the names together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and so this is the names together. We'll just alternate. And so these are the the sons here. We've got Reuben, which says, "See a son." Right. Uh, Simeon, like we just looked at, is hear or heard. Levi's joined. Uh, Judah is praise. Dan judge. Naphtali is wrestling. Gad, troop. Issachar, bondservant. Or submissive donkey. That's interesting. Yeah. Usually I don't want to be called a donkey, but somehow that seems like that might be okay. It seems to work. Yep. Zebulun, dwelling, exalt, honor, safe harbor. Joseph is the fruitful branch, shepherd or stone, like the cornerstone. Benjamin, son of my right hand. I kind of like that. It's got a nice ring to it. Uh, it was ringing. It was yes, ringing. Ring. Yeah. A very nice ring. Ephraim is fruitful. And Manasseh, he has made me forget. Yeah. So clearly we took uh, Ephraim and Manasseh and added them in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To because, get 13. Yeah, because they are added in there. For Joseph. Right. Yeah. So those are definitely things to study. They all had symbols too. You can easily Google these things and find what all their symbols are. And and we see them again with, uh, you know, when we talk about the priest and they even have colors that go with them, probably where the birthstone concept comes from, yeah. kind of a rip off, rip off of this thing. So, yeah. And they had flags and banners that went with them, so... It definitely is a is a form of identity, and I think we're going to see these things again. Yeah, we may see th- this come up again in the future. Yeah, I think uh, uh, some people that do Sukkot celebrations they have like banners for the tribes, and everyone mm-hmm. kind of represents a tribe, and they march around together. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty a pretty neat concept. Mm-hmm. And so we also have this here. This is a a timeline um, it comes from that timeline i found online i can't remember the name of it right now but i know you adam's can, genealogy very good something yeah. like that and so you can look this up even on the wikipedia page and find this giant image that's got lots of pixels in it and you can zoom in and i just took screenshots here and so this breaks down the line of jacob and you've got isaac here and you've got esau going down hmm, that's interesting while well, jacob's going up no. Um, <laughs> and so you see all of these descendants broken down. In fact, it's so big and so complicated, I, I kind of broke it up into part one and part two in the way I yeah. saved it. But yeah, because you have uh, broken up uh, Jacob and Rachel, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, Zilpah and Bilhah and all that, and Leah. And I do encourage you when you read these stories, if you really want to try to start, you know, grasping it you almost have to vi- make your own thing like this or you know someone's already made it so i don't i'm lazy i'm not going to make it again yeah it all depends on how you learn and yeah. how what what's easy for you to see if you look at this and you can't tell what's happening you know mm-hmm. draw it out for yourself yeah yeah because it is hard to keep up you've got all these names or some of them are hard you know to pronounce or it's just different than the way we talk and so um so, and then you've got, uh, this is the second half of the, the tribes broken out as well and the names. Right. So yeah, check that out. 
Yep. So definitely a, a worthy study when you've got the time. Yeah. So then in this story, we have this weird uh, scripture about the mandrakes. And we will say parental guidance is, is advised here. If you go Google images of mandrakes. You will um, see some very pagan things. <laughs> very pagan and maybe some things about the human anatomy that uh, you might need to be prepared for right. uh, if you search for images. And so this whole mandrake thing, it's kind of weird. And just in my notes, not that I'm saying that these are gospel truth, but I did have written down here this mandrake story, maybe superstition or an old wives' tale kind of thing, that it gave you fertility powers, and that um, since Rachel was barren, she might have been relying on this superstition to help her pregnancy instead of relying on the father. Right. There's that whole element running through it. But. Yeah. And the whole prostitution element of sold my son for, <laughs> sold my son's mandrakes for some uh, time with uh, my husband situation. Yes. Very. It's, it's a strange it's story. Weird. Yeah. Weird and probably lost in our culture. It's, it's something that I, you know, I don't know. We, we don't talk it like this. At least I don't. Talk about my son's mandrakes. <laughs> I have not once means. said anything about that. No. And it's not something that would come up, come up in everyday conversation. So how are those mandrakes going? Uh, I'm not sure I even know what it means. They're odoriferous. <laughs> yes. They're growing in the ground. They're yeah. in the nightshade family. That's true. So there's this whole thing, you know, yes, they probably mean something. And then... We see it in definitely pagan things. You see it in the Harry Potter story, and so it's definitely it's a, tie, a pagan it, deal. Yeah, it does. It does have a lot of ties with like Wiccan and mm-hmm. magic and that kind of stuff. So, but, but at the same time, it is a just a plant that you right. made, right? So it's not you know the plant's not bad. It's just doing what it's supposed to do. Yeah, it's what we do with it, I guess. So yeah, but anyway, it's worth checking out. But just Proceed with caution. Yes. And so then we get to the spotted lamb. I don't know where I'm going to put this. The spotted just tied it somewhere. Right there. Yeah. Perfect. The spotted lamb story, which is kind of interesting. I thought this graphic said it best, you know, because basically you have um, before you've got, um, you know, that's kind of the ratio. And uh, the, the, the ones up at the top here are, are Laban's. And uh, right. then so, it switches. So... To start, we see Jacob wanting to go off on his own, and mm-hmm. he he's his the work of his hands has been blessed, and so Laban has has been blessed because of Jacob's hand, mm-hmm. uh, and so Jacob wants to leave and go off on his own with his family, and like most of the patriarchs do, mm-hmm. and then uh, um, Laban's like, well, you know, I. I've been blessed by you being here. So Jacob makes this deal with Laban that he's going to give him all the good, you know, spotless sheep and he will take the speckled ones. Yeah, because, um, you know, in the world that I grew up in, I grew up out in West Texas and at some point in my high school career, I was part of cotton judging and I, and I, and, and not part of it, but in the growing of cotton, uh, there is a judging technique. And you take the cotton and you you do all these things. And one of the things that you do, is, and it's the same thing in milk. The milk gets the same grades. And you grade it on purity. 
And so a lot of animals, we do grade them on their purity. And, um, you know, maybe these are considered more genetically pure and uh, a, a pure mixture where these are a mixed multitude, if you will, mixed races, dare I say. Dare and so, you. <laughs> and so you get this concept of, you know, and you definitely see it tie back to even Paul when he talks about neither Jew nor slave or Greek, we're all one. And, and that, to me, is part of the concept. It is this concept of a mixed multitude being represented by the different kinds of sheep here. And so that's like on a deeper level uh, what this this means. And, you know, and you do, but to back it down a notch, you know, the, it says they're popular branches, which you're like, what does that mean? Well, some people say it may be almond branches, but there's definitely this whole weird thing about how do you know how to do that? And does it still work today? Has anybody done this experiment? Yeah, or was that, uh, you know, just something that, that was working because... Yahweh wanted to bless Jacob. Yeah. And so, and you have to think he was under Yah's leadership and guidance on this. And the and the story you were talking about too, Laban kind of shows you his character at the very beginning of the story. I've always felt Laban sees um, Issachar, no Eleazar, Eleazar, right into town, and you know that very first. A glimpse of Laban that you see there, and he's like, "Oh, what do we have here? Yeah. Oh, you look. Oh, I oh, come here, friend. You know, it's like, it's almost like if oh, he would have showed gold up, bracelets and nose ring. And <laughs> it's everything. almost like if he would have showed up poor. You know, it, it might have been a different version of that story. He might have right. been like, "Get out of here, man. I don't, I don't need another riffraff around here." He's like, "Oh, you've got money." <laughs> Yeah, come on! You're driving that, and he BMW? seems to be very like that. Yeah. His his character seems that way. Yeah, because pretty much, you know, he pulls up a modern day equivalent. You know, that very first story. You know, he's like pulling up in a limo or a you know really nice car, and you know that's what he's got at the well, basically. And he's like, oh, I mean, it, it showed the wealth that that uh, that Abraham had, and right. definitely that's you have to think that's kind of what caught his eye, especially as he gives him like the Rolex. Yeah. Like, oh, nice. Thank you. Cause he <laughs> definitely got gifts and yeah. And so he seems to be that kind of guy that's hung up on stuff. Yeah. And material it, wealth. And Jacob doesn't have much at this point. And why does Jacob not have much? Cause it's all, he's working for Laban. And he just basically practically ran away in the middle of the night, getting yeah. away from his brother. Right. And he left everything. Yeah. He didn't take anything with him really. He grabbed his shirt and he was out of there. Got his bug out bag. Yes. Hit, yes. The, hit the dirt. He bugged out. So anyway, it's it's an interesting study with the spotted sheep and exactly because we know we are sheep. And so that does, this has to represent people. Yeah. And I think the, when I look at the spotted versus the pure, I, I think more along the lines of uh, like the sacrifices, you wouldn't bring a spotted or blemished mm -hmm. sheep to the sacrifice. And so this idea that all these uh, sinners, all these blemished are coming to uh, a, a, uh, a type and shadow of Yeshua mm -hmm. and he, he shepherds them. And I think that's, that's kind of one of the images we're supposed to get out of this. For sure. And so many parallels between even the prodigal son story, you yeah. know, where you've got this, uh, this 
pure, if you will, this, these people that are hung up on the genetics of being a Jew and you have them, um, and then you have them merging together and one, you know, the mixed multitude is going to outnumber the other, you know, and then come together and be Israel all one. So, yeah, definitely lots of interesting things there. So, and then you get to this one, uh, which is Jake's favorite. So we're, we're, um, what can I say? You know, we're, um, it's Rachel, right? Rachel. Yeah. 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 Rachel and the idols. Yeah. Rachel and the idols. We're blocking and it's, ourselves. it's not a band. It could be a band. That would be Rachel a, Rachel and the idols. That would be a good, uh, it seems like yeah. it might be pagan now. Yeah. You, it could go either way with that. Yeah. So, and she's sitting on them and she's like, I'm on my period. And so we just, you know what, this, hey, real quick, just now I'm thinking this, that would be an uncomfortable seat. Just like laying your head on a rock. Yes. Sitting, sitting on a bunch of idols. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a good way to sit. Right. No. But, but it's <laughs> definitely one of those things where no man in his right mind is going to argue or have, ask any more questions at this point. He's like, okay, moving on. I'm done. I'm not talking about this. What else can we do here? Yeah, so this so. is Rachel and Jacob and his family leave, and Laban is like, hey, they took my stuff. I'm going to go uh, catch up to them and, and stop them. And then she's like, you can't look in the knapsack. Cause yes. And, and yeah, like I said, he no, no man is going to be like, oh, no, stand up. Let's see. Let's prove it. Yeah. No, not going to happen. That guy, no, no father is going to question that at yeah. this point. And what's this uh, prevents divination? Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of theories on it. You know, the theory that I held for a long time, and still maybe there's maybe both answers are right, is that um, that she is trying to bring some of her past with her. Mm-hmm. She's trying to hang on, you know, because because once again, let's think about this. You've got the symbol symbolism. Of Laban in a way represents Egypt, and so they've been in Egypt. They've been out, and Yah calls his bride out of that, yeah, and to come to a new place. And she has to leave everything behind, and and in a way, maybe she's trying to bring some of this old baggage with her. Yeah, you see a little bit of Lot's wife here. You see mm-hmm. a little bit of the Israelites in the wilderness that bring their yeah. their customs with them and so that so there's that piece and maybe it's that and maybe it's also she knows that you know her father can use the the idols and divination and foretelling the future and crystal ball kind of talk um you know to see where they're going and to spy on them and maybe catch up with them and take take his possessions back so she had that fear and so that's that uh, to me she was afraid if nothing else, she's afraid and maybe a little bit of a lack of faith that Yah can protect them and bless them the way he's promised. Yeah, and you kind of see this with the mandrakes earlier on. Yeah. That she's not really full, fully engaged in trusting Yah for provision. Yeah, and just n- another endless example of these guys are human. Yeah. So, I mean, they're flawed individuals. Right. They're not perfect for sure. So. And a lot of times I think in our flannel, gla- flannel graph stories as kids, we made them all out to be perfect and they weren't. Right. So. Uh, oh, was that it? I guess that, that was, that's, yeah, that's kind of where that's they end is. Wrote. Where Laban catches up with Jacob and uh, the next 
is going to be they're going to catch up with another fellow. Yep. Yep. Tune in next week. So in Genesis 32, 2, it kind of ends right in the middle of, you know, where man came and broke it into a, another story. But yeah, um, but that's um, that's where it where it stops. And we we thank you for listening. We ask that you would uh, subscribe, that you would share, that you would give us ratings um, wherever you find this. Well, importantly, think on this stuff yeah. and study it out. Yeah. And that's the whole point. And, you know, we, we want to be led by the Father and hopefully uh, point you in a way and, and help you think about some things maybe you hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And we want you to check it out. We want you to is to steal a line from Zach Bauer. Go home and read your Bible. Right. Now, one more thing. I'm going to blindside Matt with this one. So um, so what what do you make of... So one of the one of the big uh, I don't know jumbles in this story earlier on is when uh, Jacob comes and does work for Laban and re- in return for a wife, right? And he says, and they make the deal that Rachel will be his wife, and he does the work, and lo and behold, it's Leah, right? Mm-hmm. The whole wife swap. Yeah. So. So what? How do you kind of? square that with the Hebrew wedding model? Or do you just say that they're they're not following that? <laughs> they, they weren't really following wedding protocol there. What do you mean they weren't following wedding protocol? Well, because they had Who? made a deal for uh, Jacob and Rachel, mm-hmm. but really it ended up being Jacob and Leah. Right. Well, to me, it also shows who is the trickster here. Right. And so a lot of people want to say that... Um, Jacob was the trickster, the heel grabber. And I think that's a little bit unfair description because to me, and, and, and I used to think, well, serves him right. <laughs> he tricked everybody. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I see it differently, and I see it as the enemy is trying to disrupt the plan. The enemy is trying to disrupt and destroy the plan, and it just fits the model that, um, that you know, something that we don't talk about as much you know, Leah definitely, it, what's interesting that Leah is fertile Myrtle, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, don't drink after him, you're going to get pregnant. And yeah. she just cranks out babies like a machine. And her sister is, is pretty mad about this. And it's like, why does it happen that way? You know, I, I don't understand. You know, is it something about their character that makes, you know, you know, in maturity level, maybe Rachel, you know, was less mature? Is it that? I think I we know. I think we tend to want to uh, like Rachel more mm-hmm. because Jacob likes Rachel more. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in reality, maybe Leah's really the the better of the two. She's she was not as pleasant to look at, right? Yeah, and and that yeah. kind of thing, and and that's what man goes toward, mm-hmm. mankind. And so maybe that's one of the lessons to learn there. Um, well, that's what I was saying. It's going to say is it does fit the model of y'all yeah. to, to not pick the things that, that, that humans want to pick. Right. Now, one of the things that, and I don't know how many people actually have this kind of understanding of this, and, but one of the ways I've always looked at this is that it's, there's a description here of what marriage is to Yahweh. And it's, it's not that 
I made a deal with you and I had a ceremony with you. That's, that's not the marriage. It's once they came together, that was now they're married. And when the two became one, that was the marriage. Mm -hmm. And so with, uh, Jacob and Leah, once they, cause I would imagine the ceremony was with Rachel. Yeah. Right. That would only make sense. But now that the consummation has happened with Leah, now they're married. Mm-hmm. It's, he's not married to it's Rachel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, that's kind of saying that, and you know, I reserve the right to be wrong, but that that coming together is what solidifies that you're married. Mm. And uh, so, I don't know. That's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, for sure. But that the whole Rachel Leah thing is is interesting, and there's a there's a lot to it. It's a it's a deep, complicated subject, for right? Sure. Um, you know, and the, there's a kid I always remember. She had weak eyes, and like, <laughs> yeah. like, come here, I can't see you. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, it didn't translate to me very well. I'm just like, I, I don't know how you get that she was ugly. Uh, maybe she couldn't see. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or, or maybe it had to do with her vision, you know? I mean, is that a possibility? I hope I'm still recording because I'm all tangled up. I feel like I'm recording. Okay. Actually, I think the Velcro stuck to my sock. Yeah. So, anyway. I was fighting that earlier. Okay. <laughs> that struggle's real. Anyway. So, anyway, how did we get there? Yeah, so, so check all that out. Yep. So, you know, just uh, like we said, uh, investigate it, check it out, see what you think. Yep. Once again, this has been Talking Torah with Sabbath Lounge. Sabbath Lounge. See you later. Yeah. I can figure out how to stop this.